Far, far away. You're listening to Fans of the Force Podcast. You, know, you guys have been there from the very start. You are more like family than fans. Hey everybody, this is Adrian. Welcoming you all back to Fans of the Force Podcast, episode 14. Joining me are John and Cadre, and we are totally excited to be back after our short hiatus. How are you guys doing? Yeah, great. How are you doing? Fantastic. You Mama Wonka? Did you make that up, John? <laughs> no, it means, are you going to pay for that? <laughs> uh, so, plenty to talk about on this week's episode, but before we get all that and before we hand it off to John to lay it all down for us, we've got a little announcement for, for y'all. Uh, we'd like to formally, finally announce our Force Fan giveaway that we've been kind of teasing and lying about for the past couple of weeks. Hooray! So here it is, finally, the details. Worth the wait, too, right. I might add. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited about this. We think we put together a nice little little package for y'all to fight over. Just kidding. But, now, yeah. now, mind you, we are working on a budget here, but this is pretty <laughs> awesome for any budget. Yeah. So no life-size R2-D2 mini-fridge. No. No, no. no Rogue One limited edition car or anything like that. No name in your <laughs> name in the credits of the awesome. young Han Solo or anything silly like that. <laughs> so like like we said before, uh, this is just our way of reaching out to y'all so we can uh, start, you know, some cool back and forths and whatnot. You know, we want to hear uh, y'all's voices on the podcast and, you know, just geek out with you guys. You know, that's the whole point of this. So we thought in the process we could also give out some cool stuff. So, to start it all out, for five lucky Force fans, uh, we got a limited edition, I'm going to call it that, a custom Fans of the Force mini poster designed and autographed by artist and illustrator Mitsumasa Overstreet. Great, talented uh, artist and uh, designer. Does amazing stuff. So, limited edition print from him. So, five people will get that autographed. Uh, our grand par- prize runner-up will get one of the posters and a digital code for either The Force Awakens or Rogue One. And our grand prize winner will win the poster, a code for one of those films, an original drawing by our very own artist, John Frederick. Here. I will sketch any character of your choosing, any one character of your choosing. Sketch form. <laughs> He's a totally talented dude. You should see his stuff on Instagram. Oh, dude, you. by the way, I totally. love that. I love that Death Star you posted. Thank you. <laughs> that was totally yeah, dope. Yeah, that was it, nice. It was funny. We were doing one of those uh, paint and sip type deals where everyone paints the same picture, and they were all doing starfish. And I said, mm, I have a different star in mind. The Death Star. <laughs> so you get an original John print uh, along with that. And to top it all off, the first two issues of the new Star Wars Adventures comic coming out in September. So Ooh. if you're all in, are interested in any, in any of this awesome Star Wars swag, there are several ways you can enter to win some. So the simplest one is to 
follow us and subscribe to us on our socials. So Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Each like, each follow is an entry. Easy, right? Another way is to tag someone for an extra entry. And that person that you tag also gets an entry. So you're helping your friends out, you know? That's cool. Uh, other ways are you can answer a question that we'll be asking at the end of each podcast while we're doing this whole giveaway using the hashtag we are the, we are the force. Uh, you could recommend a Star Wars Would You Rather. That's always fun on the show, and <laughs> we like to hear what you guys uh, have in mind for that. Or you could just ask us a question, uh, something you might like for us to answer on the show, what have you. All of this using the same hashtag, We Are The Force. And this will all be going out throughout the month of August, and we'll announce the winners on our September 7th episode. So there are literally, literally thousands of ways to enter. That's right. <laughs> but basically, all you got to do is just listen and geek out with us on the socials. Uh, we're all looking forward to hearing from you, seeing what you guys have in store for us, and you know, just looking forward to a great month of Fans of the Force podcast. Let's make let's make it happen. Let's have fun. Let's geek out. Let's do it. Yeah, let's go. We want to hear from you guys. Um, we'll also be posting um, how you can enter uh, on our Facebook page as well. So you can look there if you want to see it in writing. Absolutely. And tell all your friends. Include your uh, your other Star Wars pals out there. Encourage them to listen and play along. Seriously, we want to hear from everyone. This podcast is to geek out. That is its main purpose. Let's let's have a party, y'all. Let's just do it. So we'll be saying the question at the end of the podcast, but for now, how's about we pass it over to John so he can run down the episode for us. Well, the rundown goes like this. We just made our big announcement. Galactic Geek Out is up next. Speaking of geeking out, uh, our main topic today, we'll be discussing the soundtracks of Star Wars and other films. We'll have a little Star Wars Would You Rather and wrap up the show with Attack of the Fandom. All right. So in our Galactic Geek Out for this week, their San Diego Comic-Con happened last weekend. Um, and while there wasn't a lot of Star Wars movie news, there was a lot of Star Wars publishing news that was announced at SDCC, um, which I'm pretty excited for including things like the art of the last Jedi book that will come out Ooh. with the movie and a Thrawn comic is going to be coming, uh, in February, 2018. It was announced that Jason Fry will be writing the last Jedi novelization. And there's also along with the last Jedi promotional materials, there's also going to be a new young adult novel called Cobalt Squadron by Elizabeth Wen. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Cobalt Squadron? Yes, that is going to focus on the resistance fighters like Rose and her sister Paige. Uh, oh, and there's snap. a Ooh. there's a cover um that was released along with this. So I don't know if either of you guys read any of the like lead up to the force awakens young adults novels where they had the three that there was one for Luke, Leia and Han where they kind of explored stories in their mm -hmm. past quote unquote past leading up to the force awakens. Um, and I have 
forgotten who the author was. These books also had illustrations, but it's kind of in that same vein. And the same artist has come back and is going to be do it. Did the cover um, that was shown for Cobalt Squadron. And so probably there'll be a few illustrations inside too. But um, they were all the ones that were released for The Force Awakens were all quite enjoyable. So I think it's cool that we get a little sneak peek into what else is going on in the Resistance aside from Finn, Poe, and Rey. Oh, absolutely, man. Just keep opening up the world for us that way. New characters, too. Love it. So, and then finally, in more, slightly more book news, um, there's also going to be a new children's book coming out called Chewie and the Porgs. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Which would also be a great band name if totally would be looking for one. I totally thought that was a band name. Right. <laughs> it Guys, is let's start a band. <laughs> yeah. We got a name. Chewie and the Porgs. So that that will probably be pretty cute. Um, I can guarantee that I'll be picking that one up for my kids. Yeah, I see that one in the collection as well. Mm-hmm. Um, in other book news, um, the 40th anniversary short story collection called From a Certain Point of View. Yes. Um, they released a final – well, they actually released the name – from a certain point of view, uh, previously it had been called Operation Blue Milk. So the name has been <laughs> announced um, with a, along with a final cover, and there are going to be 40 short stories, and they have 43 contributors to this book, and it's going to be out in October. So looking forward to that, too. It's a lot of familiar names that have previously been involved in writing for the Star Wars universe. So there should be some good stories and they're going to be all new. So these won't have be stories that have been published before. It's all new for the 40th anniversary of star Wars. Sweet. That's the one I'm most excited. for. Yeah. That's going to be awesome. Uh huh. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to that. I'm putting in my pre-order now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so a lot of book news. Um, the other news that, or, don't know if you could really call it news but did you, you guys well i know you guys did uh but there were some leaked uh promo pictures of a bunch of characters from the last jedi that made their <laughs> way onto the internet oh, last I'm week <laughs> so glad that those were leaked <laughs> somebody probably got in big trouble for that i think but so yeah. the fans were enjoying it <laughs> um Maybe yeah, the that, most- that Snoke uh, photo threw me up. That's the first one I saw before I realized that there was a leak. So I was like, what is that? So I'm earlier, like, oh my God, earlier, either the day before or that same day, a certain Star Wars spoiler website had a, a hand drawn picture of Snoke with the blue eyes and uh in the the fleshy that. colored skin and it was mm-hmm. almost identical to the one that was that was shown and it had that was pretty spot on yeah and it, and there was a picture of luke with that walking stick with the dragon head and i was like oh dang that's cool i gotta get me one of them walking sticks <laughs> uh which also you know was one of the photos and i was like cool those are cool. And then the photos came out, and I'm like, oh, yeah, spot on. My favorite has to be this Photoshop someone did 
where they replace his cane with his green lightsaber yeah. from Return of the Jedi. Yeah, totally. Yes. Oh, that that image good. was so epic. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the, the Snoke image was maybe the most spoilery, I guess, just because we haven't really seen any pictures of Snoke that aren't uh, him in his holographic. Um, or a Lego figure. <laughs> or Lego figure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Does that even Does that even really count? Um, I mean, the rest of it is kind of things like we just are basically getting a look at new costumes. You know, we've got Rey in her new Jedi-like costume, Luke in his darker colored costume, Finn having raided Han Solo's wardrobe and Poe's wardrobe. <laughs> um <laughs> Dude, bro, needs to get his own style. Kylo looking a little ridiculous with all of his <laughs> poses. <laughs> uh, and then the other th- cool thing was the the Praetorian guards that I guess oh, were supposed right, right. to be uh, working for Snoke, presumably protecting Snoke. Yeah. Um, some cool like things. There's some cool some cool weapons uh, that they're their sporting so it'd be fun to see those in action i am totally loving luke's uh darker darker look yeah yeah me too that well it's so it's, it's kind of going back to his jedi look yeah mm-hmm. yeah uh the, his look in The Force Awakens for that final scene uh the bleaching around cloak and, the, and the bleached and, out yeah uh, like, I, I like the look, but I'm not going to lie, it, it did kind of throw me off a bit when I first saw it. Not in a bad way. It's just like, oh, he's very bright. Yeah. But that's fine. Yeah. yeah. But I, I do like that they're going back to, you know, the darker color scheme. Mm-hmm. And then that leather hawk glove he's wearing <laughs> on his robot hand. Yeah. Which is really, really cool. I'm totally dig. I'm loving everything we're seeing so far. Ray's... Jedi outfit. I mean, we we geek out about that often, but that is the best look we've gotten at it so far. And yeah, I love it. I love everything about it. She is rocking it. Her sweater. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Luke's dark brown costume is very reminiscent of kind of Obi Wan Kenobi at the very beginning of A New Hope, where he's got his dark brown robe on. So. I think it it, rem- it, reminded, it reminded me of Anakin from uh, prequels. Mm, totally, yeah, same that's, color yeah. scheme. That's a good. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, like father, like son. Mm-hmm. Down to the down to the glove, just more raggedy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice, nice. Yeah. So that that was that was fun to see some of those pictures. I'm assuming we'll be seeing some of those um, as the marketing campaign. Uh, revs up for the last jedi um and then finally in kind of the last big news um last week on the star wars show it was announced that john powell is going to be the composer for the (laughs) still forever untitled han solo movie that uh is also still coming out next may 2008 they say but um that was a fun announcement to get. Yeah. Um, that will be adding another composer to the Star Wars universe. 
Didn't you hear Cadre? That's the movie's official title. <laughs> the, the, the untitled Han Solo movie? Yeah, I mean, that's uh-huh. what I'm just going to call it forever now. Like, whatever they name it. <laughs> A song of Han and Solo. Oh. <laughs> no? No? Boo. <laughs> <laughs> hey, okay, so John is the only one that can do dad jokes? <laughs> well, I am Racist. a dad. <laughs> Trice over. <laughs> but that segs nicely into our main topic of the week, in which we are going to talk about soundtracks, specifically Woo! Star Wars soundtracks, but maybe a few others as well. Let's just see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> So, John Powell, I mean, his announcement right off the bat, I was like, ooh, the Bourne movies composer. I like. So, I, I was totally on board the moment I, I, I heard that. I have to say that I, when they announced that John Powell was going to compose the films, I had to have a moment where I was like, who is John Powell? And have I seen any movies that he has composed for? And the answer is yes, I actually have before anybody <laughs>, laughs at me. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> I have. <laughs> uh, when I when I went through and looked at the movies that he's composed for, I actually have seen quite a few of them. Um, I just could not recall off the top of my head that he had been the composer. So um, I have to say that I'm pretty excited about this. I went and started listening to some of the soundtracks that he's previously done. And I think he's going to be a really good addition to the Star Wars universe, creating music um, up there Mm -hmm. with John Williams and Michael uh, Giacchino. I think I think this is a good find. I am super excited to hear what he does for the Han Solo movie. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I think um, you know the scores that he's done already um, attached are attached to some some pretty popular movies. Um, they're not necessarily scores that I would go out and buy, but maybe I need to give them a closer <laughs> listen and see if there's. Uh, there's more to it than I really was paying attention to previously, but I, I was not unhappy to hear the announcement, especially after looking at his body of work. You know, I would argue that he's a better fit than, uh, unpopular opinion here than, uh, uh, Giacchino who I, I love his stuff. Yeah. He did a great job. But I think most, I think his stuff sounds too much like. Everything else he does, like I'll be listen, I'll be watching a movie with you know a movie he scored, and I'm like, ah, hey, this is a cool score. But hey, wait, that's Star Trek. That sounds like Star Trek. This isn't Star Trek. This is Doctor Strange. What does that sound like? Star Trek, right? That sounds like Jurassic World. But I'm watching a Rogue One. You know, it's that kind of thing. Yeah, guy does great stuff, but I think he sticks a little too close to what he always does. I don't think he goes off the ranch a little. Uh, as often as he should, if that makes well, sense. Well, I mean, you're a, a, a certain composer is going to have a certain bag of tricks, and there's going to be True. some continuity from from soundtrack to soundtrack, and you can hear that with John Williams, you know? Uh, oh, the yeah. Yoda yeah, yeah. theme and, totally. uh, and the E.T. theme seem an awful lot alike. 
Um, so, so although I don't, I don't disagree at all what, with what you say because I'm actually totally agreeing with it. I don't think that's something that should be frowned upon either. You know, everybody's going to put their own stamp on what they do. And so if it has a feel of another movie that's out of um, out of that uh, different genre or whatever, that's okay. Let's bring the, the Star Wars is about meshing genres and, and familiarity mm-hmm. to other films, you know, bring it on. Yeah, well, John Powell certainly had a, a wide variety of movies that he's composed yes. for in terms of um, styles and themes. I mean, How to Train Your Dragon, um, the Bourne trilogy, he did The Italian Job, he did uh, Rio, which was an animated movie. He's done a lot of animated movies. As long so. as he didn't do Cloudy with the Chance of Meatballs, I think we're all good. Uh, I do not. I do not think he did that. We don't I need that mojo that coming back to the film. Please but, elaborate. Why <laughs> uh, the directors from Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs oh. were just recently canned? Oh snap! Oh. Same film. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, that's some pretty bad mojo. Yeah, good point. Make that connection. <laughs> I mean, I would say so. I I decided after it was announced that John Powell was going to compose that I was going to go back through some of his his work to to get a feel for a style. Which I did the same thing when uh, Michael Giacchino was announced uh, for uh, to be the composer of Rogue One. And I have to say that going back through some of John Powell's stuff. I have totally fallen in love with him. Um, I've been listening to the How to Train Your Dragon soundtrack <laughs> yeah. on loop for days. Really? And oh, wow. currently, like, one of my favorite soundtracks to listen to. It wow. is so good. So if he brings something like that to the Han Solo movie, I am totally down. And I would encourage people to go find it and listen to it. Um and even even some of the stuff from the the Born trilogy, like I think I think Powell through his body of work has shown, you know, he can do the stuff for the action movies. He can do stuff that's a little bit more comedic and humorous. Um, he definitely he has a, a I think a good background to draw from. Um, so I think it's going to be a really good fit for the Han Solo movie, which we know nothing about plot wise. So you know it's hard to hard to say, but I I think this was a good choice. I think this was a good pick. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like like you like you said, uh, he his range shows how uh, diverse he can be uh, in any kind of genre. Yeah, I'm 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 looking forward to it. I can't wait to hear what he's got. Um, I was a big fan of what uh, um, what they did for Rogue One sonically. Me too. And yeah. and just the little the little I. I'm such a Star Wars purist that it gets ridiculous sometimes. And I was <laughs> I was worried about what it would sound like without John Williams. And I was quickly, quickly um, put at ease the first time I watched Rogue One. And so now I'm okay. I'm totally open to other people bringing their, um, their color – to the Star Wars palette. I love it. The color, I like that. It's a really nice way of putting it. 
I mean, John, I'm right there with you. I was, <laughs> I was a little bit afraid, uh, especially when they made the uh, the last minute switch from um, Alexandra Duplass right. to um, Michael Giacchino. I was kind of like, oh, <sighs> shoot. Oh, and, he, and he had this something like be four weeks to put it all together, yeah, too. Four weeks, I, yeah. I have to admit, I mean, as a as a huge John Williams fan and a fan of all of the Star Wars soundtracks, I was kind of freaking out a little when they made that switch. I was like, oh, geez, this this could be terrible. Um, but I actually and en- really ended up loving what Giacchino brought to the Star Wars universe and his take on some of of the groundwork that John Williams had laid and in incorporating that into into his own music but putting his own stamp on on the universe at the same time but yeah so. but still having enough where you know it didn't seem completely foreign it fit oh, yeah, it yeah. fits so yeah. well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. definitely yeah the whole uh Jin's theme and the whole hope suite in the soundtrack. That's, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It's very beautiful. So, yeah, totally. It's funny that you bring up uh, uh, Alexander, Alexander, right? That's his name? Uh, Dupla? Dupla. Dupla? Dupla? I mean, he's, Dupla. he's French, right? <laughs> or, yes. The things I would consider doing to get my hands on his unreleased score for Rogue One. Oh, oh yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, I was really excited when they announced that he was going to score Rogue right? One because I thought that, you know, given that Rogue One was going to be a war movie and, you know, I thought that would really be a great fit um, having him score that. So, yeah, I <laughs> what I wouldn't give to to know if there's any recorded audio <laughs> or any recording sessions for the the music that he wrote for Rogue One to like, listen to that'd be be pretty cool. I I adore his uh his Godzilla uh, soundtrack. Mm. I totally totally love that one. Just it's one of those. This gets me kind of pumped up, but at the same time I want to run away. <laughs> <laughs> he did the last of Harry Potter's too, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, the, imi- the Imitation Game I believe, which is a fantastic film. So somewhere in the Lucasfilm vaults, there is a Rogue One score that needs to see the day of light oh, at some man. point. man, it never will, but God, I know cool. it won't. They'll bury it. Yeah. You think it'll leak? No. I I think it's going to be in the vault forever. The Lucasfilm Disney vault, I don't think. Considering that they haven't even given us full score versions of the, well, of Attack of the Clones uh-huh. and Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Um, I don't think we're ever going to to see any unreleased um, audio from his score. I think they'll keep that under wraps. Just like we'll probably never see the alternate ending for Rogue One. It's all yeah. going to be buried away yeah. somewhere. Uh, That's yeah. a good point, yeah. Would it be awesome? Yes. Will they do it? Probably I not. have extreme doubts. Yeah. I mean, it's like they don't want her money. It's weird, I know. Like, they've got enough of it? They don't need more? Yeah. Really? Lucasfilm? Really, Disney? Are you that rich that you're like, well, no, no, it's it's fine. You know, keep your money for a bit. A uh, good soundtrack, but no fantastic Mr. Fox, I'll tell you. 
Oh, that's right. Oh, I love Fantastic Mr. Fox. That yeah. was him, wasn't it? That was him, yeah. Yes, it, it is. Yeah. Oh, All right. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm looking I'm at his IMDb page, so I'm cheating. But there's a lot of soundtracks <laughs> on there. Oh, uh, no, I'm not cheating. Fantastic yeah. Mr. Fox. The King's one of Speech. My... That was a good I, one. He did the King's Speech? Yeah. He did do the King's Speech. Oh. I have. I've listened to that. Yeah. Argo. Oh, I love Argo. Yeah. He scored Argo? He's, he did Argo, yeah. Come on, Lucasfilm. Uh, I know. <laughs> Be <laughs> nice to hear. There's still a chance he may come back, although we don't really know what happened. That They said scheduling conflicts um as to why he was let go could be so if that's true maybe he would come back in the future as long as they're not using that to to cover up something else but you know what i would i I would be happy with i I don't know maybe like a rogue one score re-release with like a special alternate take suite of his themes that would be cool I, i i would i would buy that or just release that track by itself Included with the making of Rogue One, something just yeah, I would buy it all. Come on, Lucasfilm. According, Seriously, take our money. According to IMDb, in 2016, he was attached to ten different projects, including some TV series where he did like eight episodes. Um, oh wow! So the man was busy, busy, busy. last year. <laughs> so it might have been a scheduling thing to be for fair, real. He- yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, oh, yeah, I wasn't no necessarily that. saying that I doubted that, but you know, sometimes they're like, oh, scheduling conflicts. No, I get wave, it. Yeah. Hand wave. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we're, we're kind of on track to, to veer off a little bit. Um, but obviously, he's another composer that we would love to see do a Star Wars film in the future are there some others that you guys would be like oh that would be cool uh yeah a couple i mean uh uh steve steve jablonski he does a lot of michael bay movies but i love his first transformer score i I like all the transformer score but his first one in particular just really it's a really emotional uh uh, album that I mean, it kind of conflicts with the actual film itself at some points because mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, it's a Michael Bay movie. I mean, explosions, which I love, but I mean, it's not the the most emotional or deep t- film. But the score itself is fantastic. It, they play it all over the place. I don't think people even realize it that it's a Transformer score they're listening to at these like firework uh, displays or something. Mm-hmm. So. I, th- I think him doing a Star Wars film would be pretty cool. I mean, I, gosh, I probably don't know as many composers as I should off the top of my head. I mean, I'm a huge fan of the Howard Shore Lord of the Rings. Scores. Totally, Ooh, Howard Shore. Totally, where I was going to go. Love, yeah, yeah, love listening to those um, ones that I can listen to on repeat for yeah. a long time. Yeah, I mean, they're they have. You know, he's definitely got the epic score writing that could encompass uh, a Star Wars movie. So that could be cool to see in some capacity. Um, You know, I always butcher his name and I apologize. I I am not good with names, people. 
but uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's not ramen, but the way it's spelled anyway, ramen dajwadi, dajwadi, he he dajwadi, yeah, Game of Thrones, G- Game of Thrones, yeah. His Game of Thrones scores are fantastic. He did Westworld too, which was, I mean, beautiful. Oh, I didn't know he did Westworld too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great, uh, good call on that. I would, um, I guess if we're talking about people who've done TV work, I think uh, Bear McCreary, who did Battlestar Galactica and is doing Outlander, and I think he did some stuff for um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and uh, The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I became familiar with it. He also, I think, did some for Eureka. I became familiar with his work on Battlestar Galactica, and he is just freaking fantastic. He would be he would be awesome to have score uh, a Star Wars film. That would be like dream. I think even more than Howard Shore. I think I would love to see Bear McCreary score a Star really? Wars film. Yeah. Just throwing wow. it out there. Okay. All right. <laughs> Into the universe. Um, but I don't know if you, if you guys, either of you watch Battlestar Galactica, but. Not the I, newer series. I did. I didn't. I couldn't get into it. Oh, the the music was so integral to that. It was really? so good. I would. Yeah. He's actually, yeah, actually, now that we're talking about that, I think Bear McCreary goes to the top of my list. Okay. How about. Uh, <laughs> Danny Elfman. You know, I, I, I like Danny Elfman. I don't know if I would consider him. I mean, Star he did. Well, I, I, mean, I wouldn't either. But I mean, he did the the Spider Man films. Yeah, he, he did Simpsons. Um, did <laughs> that. And, I mean, you talk about an iconic piece. The theme song to The Simpsons is very iconic. Mm-hmm. Uh, not Star Wars-y at all. I, I no. get it. He's, you know, obviously does a lot more TV probably than films, um, but did The Hulk. Um, he did um, Charlotte's Web, Monster House. Mm-hmm. Alfin would probably be one of the top uh, top composers on Lucasfilm's list. You think? He's one of the, he's up there with Williams and and whatnot as far as you know popularity goes. Yeah, Na- mm. name recognition. He's way up there. Yeah, you know that's true. He's done a lot. I mean, Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill Hunting. He's pretty diverse too. Corpse Bride. He's yeah. doing Justice League. That's he's doing Justice League. Total switch up from uh, Beetlejuice, yeah, from Batman to Superman score, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I actually wouldn't be surprised if we eventually do get a Danny Elfman uh, Star Wars score. How about, um, how about Hans Zimmer? <laughs> a lot of a lot of drums and yeah, no, 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 drums for real, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Hans, Hans Zimmer's a, a great composer. Thing. Yeah, he's a great composer. He can fit into a lot of different type of genres too. Totally. He, he has done so many different types of scores. Yeah. He did The Lion King back in the day. 
Yeah. Which is a far cry from his Inception or any of his Nolan soundtracks, which are great. So he's pretty diverse. He's a pretty diverse dude. Well, you know, he did all the Pirates of the Caribbean films. Mm-hmm. And, um... I see that he just did the recently released Dunkirk. Dunkirk. Yeah. Um, which yeah. I have not which I have not seen yet. I know, I gotta get um, to the theaters I've, for that too. I have heard good things about um how a lot of people have said it is very powerful. So um it'd be interesting to listen to the oh hey. <laughs> uh Adrian's shaking his head. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe not, but I would his be curious score, to his score is easily one of the best parts of the film. Okay, all right, fair enough. I'm going to download it and listen to it. Another unpopular opinion, Christopher Nolan movies are not my favorites. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. And I get a lot of crap for that, but that's a that's a different topic. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Giacchino, Hans Zimmer, um the Danny Elfman, those are all like name recognition composers. Totally. Yeah. And we already well, got Giacchino, so... Well, but he had a very close relationship with J.J. Abrams, right? So right. it wasn't necessarily surprising when he was brought in, because he and J.J. have worked mm-hmm. on a lot of stuff together. Like, he did some of Fringe, which was a J.J. Abrams property. Um, they've worked together a bunch, so I don't think there were necessarily a lot of people surprised when that happened, even if he wasn't quite the the household name. Um, I guess that (laughs) maybe a lot of people would have known. I mean, that's kind of how I felt about John Powell until I saw his body of work. And I was like, oh, wait, I do know who this guy is. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I just had had not actually, um, I guess, paid that much attention. Sorry, John Powell. I apologize. Hey, you're on our radar now, brother. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Welcome to the big stage. Yeah. (laughs) You were always on my radar, John. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> As Adrian I being honest, the film buff, you've I'll be kinda... honest. I I can't say the same. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm. John, yes, he I'm was. Really you watched Shrek. You love Shrek. I I he watched your Shrek. Radar and he I love Shrek. It. I didn't know, I, but not to the point where I was. Hmm, I wonder who composed Shrek. I never Googled it. You know. <laughs> uh. You know, another person I wouldn't be surprised to, another composer, would be uh, Brian Tyler. He's been sneaking into all matters of franchises since he's been he started. He's done a couple of Marvel films, and he did their fanfare for a bit there uh, as part of the Fast and Furious franchise. A lot of TV stuff, too. Yeah. Not See, his biggest fan, but he's he makes he crawls his way into everything. So sure. I want to say crawl. That sounds bad, but <laughs> he finds his way into a lot of different franchises. Yeah. Hmm. So I could see him showing up. That actually raises a point too. I mean, there's not too many Marvel soundtracks that really have memorable scores. No. See, that's that's odd for me, because I, I, I remember the scores. Like, we played a game once. Mm-hmm. Remember that, you know, we were, we were doing scores, just kind of like humming yeah. them or whatever. I was the only one that could do Marvel movie themes. Yeah. Like, you tell me to do Iron Man? Na, 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 na. That's, I mean, that sounded horrible, but that's what it is. 
Yeah. But at the same time, I can totally see, yeah, these are totally unmemorable. Mm-hmm. Brian Tyler did Iron Man 3, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Same with uh, Thor The Dark World. I think the Avengers theme is the only really memorable thing they got going on. Um, so that's actually part of the reason I'm not really, really one of his biggest fans. He's done a lot of Marvel stuff and it's always on like the verge of being memorable, but not but memorable, ends up being, but not memorable. Exactly. Yeah. Doctor Strange, I think is the most memorable one next to the Avengers. That's a Giga Kino score. Uh-huh. And, uh, I think Doctor Strange is one of those scores that if you listen to it, you'll know it. Yeah. But you can't, but normally you won't be able to hum it. Does that make sense? Like you can recognize it. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I have not listened to the score of, of Doctor Strange. And I mean, oh, you, you know, should. It's fantastic. Frankly, it. the movie you know, itself is incredible. It's on Netflix. I'm, Go watch it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm way behind in my Marvel Cinematic Universe <laughs> watching. Girl. So, but, but I would agree. <laughs> I, I would agree that I feel like the the soundtracks for those movies are less impactful um, than with other franchises like Star Wars or Lord of the Rings or you know Pirates Pirates of the Caribbean even where the music True. direct you know the music is kind of its own character in all of these franchises, Superman, Indiana Jones. I mean, I know those are both John Williams, but you know, the music plays an integral role in shaping the story and how the audience perceives that. And I think with some of the more recent Marvel movies, you know, the music is kind of just there to be like background. We need fast poundy drums. And then, you know, like one little theme, I mean, maybe these composers, some of them, I mean, like, like Giacchino, you know, obviously has a little bit a more varied repertoire. So, I mean, you know, who's to say maybe they would come up with something really good, but, but I think comparatively, if you're comparing like the, the Marvel cinematic universe to the Star Wars cinematic universe, the soundtracks definitely fall flatter <laughs> you know i i love two. i love the way you worded that the music the scores are, are characters almost they are so integral with the motifs they they you hear princess leia's theme you think princess leia it's a motif for her yeah you're mm-hmm. totally right doctor the doctor strange ah, the doctor strange score say that five times fast <laughs> is uh it's the first time i've watched a marvel film and one sitting and thought, wow, I love this score. I, I love the Avengers score, but I had to watch it like three times before. I'm like, hey, I like the theme. Yeah. But that's a total, I, yeah, I, I love the way you worded that. And yeah, you I know, mean, only a few composers can really pull that off, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's a part of me that when we talk about composers that we'd like to see play in the Star Wars universe, there's a part of me that would love to see Kevin Kiner, um, who did The Clone Wars and is currently doing Star Wars Rebels, yeah. to see what he could do with, with a, full a full film, orchestra, yeah. and a full film. Totally with um, you. I haven't loved quite as much of his Rebels work because I think he actually relies too heavily on john williams uh themes in in that series some of it's been really good blasphemy 
<laughs> Blasphemy. No. Yeah, you can't rely too much on John Williams. I'm sorry. I'm gonna, but, well, <laughs> I'll put up the stop sign there. Er, wait, Hit the brakes. No, the- I'm not. No. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I am not denigrating John Williams in any way or even Kevin Kiner. I'm just saying that sometimes I feel that he could do a little bit more of putting his own stamp rather than incorporating as many of the themes as he does. Um, if you go back and listen to the season one Rebel soundtrack, where Ezra's theme or the track entitled Ezra's theme incorporates like several characters that are not actually Ezra, <laughs> and you're kind of like, uh, I don't really know if this makes sense. Um, um, you know, but his Clone Wars stuff, the original stuff that he did for Clone Wars, I don't want this to turn into an argument about. <laughs> About whether or not, because I still like them all, um, and it's all just my opinion. Um, but his his Kevin Kiner's original Clone Wars stuff, uh, like Ahsoka's theme and all the yeah. different variations he came up with for you know the different worlds that they visit, the clones. I mean that I I love the Clone Wars soundtrack so much, um, and I think it could be awesome to see what he could do given a full movie you know i didn't even i didn't even realize ezra had a theme <laughs> when i think um, when i think rebels music i just think the da 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 from the from the title yeah yeah <laughs> and the credits but I, def- I never i've never thought about it but yeah there's really no defining theme for that show there kind of is, um, and I cannot sing it for you right now because it, now it's completely flown out of my head. Um, <laughs> thinking, of, thinking about too many other things, um, I you know, there's definitely there definitely is kind of like one little theme that weaves itself in and out of his his rebels work. But I mean, that's that's just what I'm saying. Is I think sometimes he tends to rely a lot more heavily on the original trilogy music for that series just because they're so close. But anyway, I still think it could be pretty cool to see what he could do um, in another setting in the Star Wars universe. As long as he doesn't go all techno and electronically in the early Clone Wars stuff. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Some of the Clone Wars stuff. Yeah. But if, if if he stuck to <laughs> if he stuck to the non-electronic guitar riff stuff, I think I think we could have a winner. <laughs> huh? I'm gonna have to go back and listen to some Rebel stuff. Do it. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. I, I, come, I think we're all, we're to all me. gonna be doing a lot of soundtrack listening. Uh, oh yeah. To to kind of get an idea of of where the franchise is is going in the future and which way it could branch out and which directions we want it to go. So, uh, yeah, uh, might as well dig in with, with what's already there and, um, and see if we could take a left turn out of, out of nowhere. In the meantime, we get to get a whole army together and storm Lucasfilm and demand the Alexander Deplat Rogue One score. Right. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Hashtag uh, start the revolution. Hashtag give us a score. Yeah, along with my full versions of Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith mm-hmm. Lucasfilm, I'm waiting. 
Uh, and Force Awakens, please. And Force Awakens. Yeah. I mean, God. What? So, okay. Lucasfilm, <laughs> I love you. But, like, it's 40th anniversary of Star Wars. We could have gotten, you know, like, a box set of, like, the full scores of these movies. Nada. No. Nothing. Yeah. There's on, a reason Lucasfilm. they're holding it back, guys. We just... Uh, ten more ten more years for the 50th Maybe. anniversary. Could be. <laughs> Might have to wait you know, ten short years. <sighs> you oh, know, trust me, guys. Enough. It'll fly. I know. I know. It really will. Yeah. You know, we've been talking about scores and who we like to see uh, score a Star Wars film and whatnot, but we haven't actually talked about which Star Wars scores are our favorites. I know, know, easy one? for me. The, the first three that came out. <laughs> Pick one, Pick John. One. Pick well, one. All right. Choose your favorite child. I mean, well, yeah, it's, 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 it's either A New Hope or Empire, right? And mm-hmm. and I love both of them. Um, and and I refuse to choose between the two. So, <laughs> it's Empire for me. I mean, a, a New Hope set the base for yeah. a lot of the the themes. Yeah, but then Empire just like the rest of the movie just expanded upon it and gave us Yoda's theme and the Imperial March. Mm-hmm. And, Han and Leia's theme, and then oh my god, I get chills just thinking about that score. That is that's the score I listen to the most. Star Wars score wise, followed by A New Hope. <laughs> yeah, God, it's. I mean, those are my two favorites too. When it comes down to it, and it's really hard to choose between them. I think as a whole, complete score, The Empire Strikes Back nudges out A New Hope just. A little. The one thing A New Hope has that Empire doesn't is the cantina music to break it up. That's true. It gives you <laughs> it gives you a left field taste of a different style of music, and it's incredibly earwormy. Oh yeah, true that. Yeah, you know. Those, so it's funny, right? Those two scores, and I think even Jedi to a degree. Uh, they're all pretty darn memorable as a whole, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, if you think not enough, you know, switch that over to the prequel scores. Each one is remembered for one particular thing. One big so, piece, yeah. yeah. So, Duel of the Fates for Episode One, Across the Stars for Two, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, Battle of the Heroes for Episode Three, right? Right. Yes. Those and those scores each, you know, they all have their own mix of different themes too like general grievous for three mm-hmm. um a lot of cool stuff but they are just generally generally remembered for that one the one thing well i would argue that the originals as a whole they're a whole they're remembered as a whole mm-hmm. right i think that Is i think fair that's to say fair that? to say that's totally yeah, fair no, to say and I, would, I'll, and I would agree and i and i submit this for your uh um uh, approval so to speak i think the force awakens goes back to the style of the original trilogy soundtracks in that um, they have more memorable pieces and not necessarily one super standout like the others did, like the prequels did. 
I kind of think it's both, actually. I agree yeah. with John. I totally agree with what you're saying, but I actually think it's both because I think as a whole, there are more pieces that I remember from The Force Awakens mm-hmm. soundtrack complete, but I would say that Ray's, Ray's theme, theme is so also prevalent. stands out it does. as kind of the piece of music it does. from that. Kylo's theme. Kylo's theme also the does, theater. though, yeah. That that I remember in the sitting in the theater watching it for the first time when the ship is landing uh-huh. on Jakku. Yep. Dun 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 dun. That's like the first part of the soundtrack that like, whoa! Yeah. This is a new Star Wars score. Yeah. That's it right there. Yep. yep. So Kylo's theme for me has a special it has a special place in my heart just because that's the first sequel trilogy track that just punched me. And Ray's oh. theme does too though, in a different way. Yeah. It's so in a different way. It's so oh, it's so epic and so adventury and like kind of like a, a great old western, you know, soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's got it's got a elements of hope and and a wide world ahead of you. I just love mm-hmm. Ray's theme. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, I can't lie. I literally burst into tears when the Force of like the trumpet blast comes on yeah. for the fanfare. Yeah. Of the Force oh, Awakens. yeah, like, I was in the theater and uh-huh. I started crying. Um, <laughs> so even just even just the fanfare that starts out the movie like already Dude. had me. John Williams, he doesn't need to even work that hard. I know. <laughs> it's already yeah. just, it's just seeing the Lucasfilm logo right before it started. Uh, you're like, yes, <laughs> yeah. It's this part of the movie. Yep. Dude, it's just a logo. I know, it is. <laughs> <laughs> he just can't help but lose it. Here we go. But, Buckle up. Let's go for a ride. But, John, I, I do think that's a good point that you make about how, compared to the prequels, now John Williams is kind of, it seems, maybe gone back to more of a an original trilogy flavors coming back around. And some of that might just be the product of the times. I mean, you know, when and it might be the project were, itself being such yeah. closely tied to the original trilogy Yeah, that you've so, got to have so many elements of what we already know, plus bringing in familiar feeling songs, but not necessarily sounding songs, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. No, I totally get what you're saying. I'm super excited for the Last Jedi. I want to hear. Yes. I want to hear Ray's theme again, a different way. I want to hear Kylo's theme again, a different way. I want to hear what he does with some of the new characters in it. I'm super stoked. This is guys. We've got so much musical, musical Star Wars to look forward to. It's mind blowing. I know. Um, I have a question for you. That's. (laughs) Mostly on topic, do you listen to the soundtrack before you see the movie? Ooh. I, for one, have not since Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace is the... the Qui-Gon spoiler. Yeah. Yeah, Phantom Menace (laughs) is the only soundtrack I listened to before I saw the film. Out of all all the Star Wars releases. Um, And... Yeah, I mean, the one time I did, it had a huge spoiler on it, you know. And <laughs> I think and, they've wised up. Since and so, then. yeah. So, so usually I just wait until, okay, I saw the movie. I'm gonna go buy the soundtrack next. That's kind of been the way. I it's the the check in the boxes in the right order now, you know. Just in case. <laughs> 
Um, it's been getting harder to do that since they're releasing the soundtracks like the All day the of day. the same yeah. day. But in the past, where it comes out a few days before, I've been known to listen to the scores before the film. I will admit that I listened to both the Force Awakens and Rogue One soundtracks before I saw the movies. Um, because they were available to download through my library, and I was like, "Yes, no I need that right way. now." Yes, <laughs> give it to you me. Found, you cheated. You you used a cheat code. That oh, cheat code yeah. being your I, local library. I, yeah, I <laughs> I own them both too. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I I was I was really concerned about spoilers for the Force Awakens. Not quite as much with Rogue One. Um, maybe because I knew ultimately how it was going to end just with, you know, running into A New Hope. But I was really concerned about spoilers for The Force Awakens. But then I was just like, I couldn't see it right away. And I was like, I have to have something. Like, I can't deprive myself of Star Wars, of new Star Wars. When did you get around to watching The Force Awakens? Oh my god, this is really embarrassing. Um, because I love, I lost, I did see it in a theater, don't even, but I did not actually see it until January when The Force Awakens came out. I know, and there's a whole list of reasons for that, including one, I have to see all my Star Wars movies at a very specific theater the first time. The saga films, anyway. I made an exception for Rogue One. So, because it's a spinoff. So I have to see them at the... <laughs> I have to see them at the same theater. And with the holidays, ah, it's really hard to do that. So I had to wait. And <sighs> it was horrible. I that, mean, guys, I lit- I had anxiety. That is... Like no wonder weeks. you were able to listen to the scores beforehand. That is more... <laughs> worry. That is more evidence for the case that all Star Wars fans are crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to argue that one. Uh, well, I mean, I could have told you that already, John. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I could too. That's why I said more evidence. Uh, yeah. So... So I had to listen to the I like I was literally going to go insane. I had to have a piece of the Force Awakens. You're you're, so. you're going opening night for Last Jedi though. Oh yes, I mean we all are. We We're all, gonna yeah, text each other. I'm in the theater. No I'm ordering popcorn. <laughs> <sighs> if not opening night, the next day. And Adrian's an hour ahead of us too. Yeah, I'll be watching it. Oh, I'll dude. be an hour in when you guys barely started. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm going to get my babysitter lined up, and as soon as tickets go on sale, I'll be buying them. All right. God, I get so much anxiety when tickets go on sale. December 15th. Can't come soon enough. Yeah. And then the next day is my (laughs) birthday, so... Woohoo! Watching it again. Yeah. New (laughs) new soundtrack and movie for your birthday. That's right. Sounds like a great birthday present. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I had a lot of anxiety thinking back when they were, you know, first the, they, they announced The Force Awakens, Episode 7. Like, oh, okay. Oh, Mark Hamill's going to come back. Oh, Harrison Ford's coming back. They're all coming back. After, for a while there, I was getting anxious because they weren't announcing John Williams. Oh, I know. Yeah. He was one of the last ones to they confirmed. Yeah. But I, I remember tweeting and Facebooking about it. 
hey, so this is great. Where's John Williams? That's all I need to know right, right. now. Please tell me he's coming back. Yes. I remember that also. I was starting to feel anxious too. Like, where's John Williams? You can't do this without John Williams. Why aren't you <laughs> announcing John Williams? I am glad that that he is doing the Last Jedi. And has he confirmed that he'll do nine too? Episode nine. I if he's able to, confirmed. I don't see why he wouldn't. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those things that. Assuming he is alive on wet and well, everyone knock on wood right now. Yeah. Um, oh, gosh. There's nothing but a glass of metal around me. <laughs> that, oh, no. uh, I got you right here. That, okay. that they're kind of working on the <laughs> assumption that, yes, if he's able to do it. More wood over it. here, too. Okay. Yeah. Oh, my bed's ring. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So. Well, so he, fingers, he is. Fingers crossed. He has said in many interviews too that he just adores making the scores, and he like he would like to do it as long as he could. So I'm yeah. to, I'm totally cool with that. Yeah, because yeah. On, a, oh, yeah. on a on a uh, related but sidestep note, all my other favorite soundtracks are John Williams soundtracks. All of them, <laughs> Raiders, E.T., Superman, all of them. Home Alone. Uh, sure. Home Alone. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Hook. Hook. Yeah. Hook. Yeah. yeah. Jurassic Park. Yeah. Uh, oh, I mean, Jurassic Park. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he has written so many iconic right. scores that, I mean, you could just spend all your time listening to John You could. Scores yeah. And, uh, Never, never listen to anybody else. I mean, <laughs> the first I mean, two Harry all, Potters. All due respect to Howard Shore, Danny Elfman, and Hans Zimmer, and John Powell. Uh, <laughs> the master's already in the house, <laughs> and as many as John Williams wants to do is as many as John Frederick wants to listen to. Mm-hmm. Breach and Adrian and Cat and pretty yeah. much everyone else. <laughs> yeah, preach. I think my my only other non John Williams absolute favorite soundtrack is probably A Hard Day's Night and Help. Do they really count though? You know? <laughs> and Yellow <No>. Submarine. <laughs> no. I mean, those are great soundtracks. No. Those <laughs> <laughs> are those count, are man. those are soundtracks made for films. No, they can't. Those songs just, wouldn't just... exist without those films. So, to me, they count. Mm -hmm. Do video game scores count? Sure. All right. Well, my list just got a little bigger there. Yeah, too. it did. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just the Mario stuff alone. <laughs> the Mario. Yeah. There we go. We need a Mario composer oh. uh, Star Wars score. for the next Star Wars uh, video game. Yes, for the for the por for the Porg spinoff film, <laughs> Chewie and the Porgs. Chewie, Chewie and the Porgs. <laughs> By the way, right. the the next wave Chewbacca figure comes with a Porg. Does really? It really? It does. Are you that up? No, it does. Ooh. Look it up. Comes with a Porg. That's awesome. Yeah. Look, I'm 
My wallet is not ready for Force Friday. <laughs> <you know>? Yeah, <laughs> they shouldn't have called everything. it the Force Awakens. They should have called it the Force My Wallet Opens. <laughs> <laughs> and that brings us to Star Wars Would You Rather. And now it's time for the game that's sweeping the galaxy from the ice planet of Hoth to the sun-drenched sands of Jakku. It's time for Star Wars Would You Rather. But droids are not welcome here. They're ruining the whole game. And this week, I got another one that's not not terribly gross or disgusting or well, maybe it is. You decide. <laughs> Would you rather have the neck of a Camonian? Or okay. a nose like a Tordarian. Oh, that's not fair. <laughs> um, that is not fair. How did Nick? you say that? I would say Kaminoan. Yeah, Maybe that's not correct. Um, gosh. Do Toydarians have special, like, scent powers with their noses? <laughs> no, they just got these like, little fly trunks. Right. Yeah. But I kind of like their goggles. And- <laughs> <laughs> Would you rather wear their goggles? <laughs> but if I had a cool trunk snout, I maybe I could. Um, I will... I would probably go with the Camino long neck because then I would be taller than I am right now. Oh, there you go. That's a glass half full type of view right there. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I could wear some really awesome necklaces. Sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Cat Ray Giraffe. Got it. That's right. Adrian? I mean, really, dude, it's not a choice. I'll go with the neck just because I don't want a trunk right. on my face. Right. Like a mini but half I, I, trunk. Like a mini half trunk. It's not I, even I a full I, trunk. The goggles are pretty cool. The, the goggles don't enter in. You can have the <laughs> goggles I regardless. I think there are worse noses in the uh, Star Wars universe. Okay. Like? Such as? Jabba the Hutt. The slit nose that's kind of cockeyed? Yeah. Okay. The Voldemort or, nose? Or, um... But grosser? Dr. Uh, Evazon? Yes, gosh. Thank you. You read my mind. I was like, Conda Baba and who's the other... Yes, that guy. Yeah. I mean, so it that's could be That's a pretty bad worse, nose, right? yeah. Ugnot yeah. nose? Yeah. Ugnot nose isn't okay. very okay, good. So little pig nose. Yeah. But I mean with those noses you can you can explain it as, you know, you were in some sort of freak accident sure. or something. Right. How the hell are you going to explain <laughs> a half trunk on your face? Right. Right. Not even a half trunk. It's like I don't know, one quarter portion trunk. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think Ungar Plutz's uh, nose is very... Yeah, no, that's not a good snoz either. Yeah. 
you know, I'll take the neck. Just uh, I, I like cat raised response. I'll be okay. taller. You be taller. I can I, I can see more. Okay. And uh, yeah, some red jewelry. You know what? It's really good for for being in the back row of like a concert. Yeah. <laughs> or somebody tall is sitting in front of you at the movie theater. Not a problem. You'd have to, you'd have to sit in the back row. <laughs> you could you could you could put your chin on top of their tall head and use them as yeah. a headrest. <laughs> Feel better for the person behind you at that point, but yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those guys are kind of well. They just look around your long, skinny noodle neck. <laughs> All right, John. Quarter portion trunk or oh. long neck? Oh. I mean, I want to say quarter portion trunk just to be different, but. But you're a rational man. I am. I am kind of rational. But with those goggles, I mean. The goggles don't enter into it, though. (laughs) (laughs) Every quarter portion trunk comes with a set of goggles. No. No. I mean, you can have those on on the Camino neck, you know? You can wear goggles. No big deal. I guess I would be a little more worried about being clotheslined by stuff, (laughs) you know, and bumping your head against doorways. That would be annoying. And like if I'm driving in my Jeep with the top off, am I getting (laughs) bugs in my teeth? So, yeah, I guess I'll go with the trunk because I do drive a Jeep with the top off. You're going to be... You're going to be scaring small children. Uh, you know what? Man. They'll get used to it. Your sense of smell might diminish. You don't know how they smell. You know, my sense of smell isn't that great anyway. <laughs> <sighs> all right. Another class half full response there for the wrong response. Yeah, but, totally. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Plus, I mean... I would go broke buying necklaces with a neck like that. <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, all I could think of. You know, regardless, <laughs> I I want a, I want a pair of those sweet goggles. <laughs> goggles for everybody. All right. Yeah, everybody gets goggles. All right. All right. So uh, it's time for our weekly attack of the fandom. Ready attack! On the jumpers! On the double! Fire! Adrian, what do you have for us this week? <sighs> what to talk about? What to talk about? Such a such an awesome last couple of weeks. I mean, San Diego Comic Con. I saw a leaked version of that Infinity War trailer. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, the new It trailers. Ah, yaha. Uh huh. No, I didn't even watch it because I do not like scary movies. Out, nope. Clowns, scary movies. I'm out. The Peace. Stranger Things season two trailer. This yes. Oh my god! Like so much to pick from. Game of Thrones again. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but oh, I think so this good. week I'll give it to Rick and Morty finally being back on TV officially. So, yeah, my attack of the fandom this week will be Rick and Morty's quasi season three premiere. Uh, back on April Fool's Day, uh, uh, they released it without an announcement. They they released the first episode of season three without an announcement on their website. 
And then that evening replaced everything on their lineup with that same episode. So that was cool. Just a surprise Rick and Morty episode. But I also, that was also when Samurai Jack was in the middle of its run. So my DVR recording of Samurai Jack was Rick and Morty. And that did not sit well with me at all. <laughs> I was, I was, same problem with that. Like, I guess I have watched about five minutes worth of Rick and Morty, and I was mad for the whole five minutes. So I, I haven't revisited that series. I wanted to Go watch Samurai Jack, you. and it was April Fool's Day, and they got me. Don't hold it against Rick and Morty. That's just Adult Swim uh, doing what they usually do. Okay. I, I was pissed off too, but you know, water under the bridge. It worked, um, and here we are <laughs> in almost August now, talking about it—an April Fool's joke. So it was long-lasting, but not for good reasons. <laughs> but uh, for yeah, so for those of you that don't know what Rick and Morty is, uh, the way I always describe it is. Back to the Future meets Doctor Who meets South Park, all dunked in a big, big bucket of acid, uh, and dried off with some political commentary. And cultural commentary. A lot of commentary on that show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think one of their taglines is, only a show this dumb can be this smart. And <laughs> that is perfect. Uh, so... Yeah, it's just uh, this mad scientist named Rick Sanchez going on all these crazy, wonky adventures with his grandson, Morty. And uh, there's no way just to really be able to describe the plot of this show. Some episodes will just gross you out and just make you think, what the hell did I just watch? Others will make you get sentimental sometimes. Others will give you existential crisis. I mean, this show is so diverse and it's wonkiness and it's 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 insane and i mean any show that can get a major corporation like mcdonald's to bring back a 20 year old dipping sauce for their nuggets (laughs) yes i mean you just know that that show has become a phenomenon at this point and it's it's leaving a mark in pop culture so you i really recommend rick and morty don't watch it with the kids okay (laughs) so noted (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah. What about you, Kat? Oh, gee. Um, I've been (laughs) super busy, but I did find time to cram in some Star Wars reading in the past uh, week. And so my Attack of the Fandom is going to be Guardians of the Wills by Greg Rucka. uh, Do tell. Is a tie in for Rogue One. It's a young reader book, so it's super easy, uh, fast read. Um, I think I read it in a day, uh, maybe two. Oh, wow. <laughs> On the bus going to well, and from work. You read freakishly fast, so. Well, that's true. But yeah. <laughs> and I do. I'm not. a fast reader, okay? I am um, a fast reader. You, you are something else entirely. everyone has their skills uh that's one of mine (laughs) um but so the this book focuses on uh shirut and bays shirut and bays uh in the lead up to the events of rogue one and what's happening on jetta uh after the 
imperial occupation starts and how they kind of get involved in rebelling against the empire in little ways uh, and actually meet up with Saw Guerrera and have some interactions with Saw before Ooh. they run into Jin and Cassian and that all goes down. So it's an easy read. Uh, it's not a very long book, but it gives some nice insight into um, Chirrut and Bay's um, kind of coping with the loss of their occupation as, you know, the Empire has come in to Jeddah and shut down all the temples and they aren't really able to to live like they used to and, um, you know, kind of what makes them tick and uh, what what they're doing to fight back against the Empire in their own little way. Uh, and it was it was a nice read. Sweet, that's definitely on my reading list. But and Greg Rucka, being yeah. uh, famous for being a comic book writer, has yes. has worked on every DC character and and a bunch of stuff for Marvel. And um, the guy's work is just like bordering on legendary in the world of comic books. So it's cool to see him yes. do a children's uh, novella. Would that be the right classification? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, yeah, I get, you could kind of call it a novella, I guess. I mean, it's, it's a young, it's definitely aimed at a younger audience. I think the age range says like eight and up. So it's definitely aimed <laughs> at a younger audience. Um, you know, like I said, it's not, it's not a very big book, you know, less than 200 pages. So it's, it's definitely. Short. Yeah, it's it's pretty short, but um yeah, it's great to see him to see him do some of that stuff. Well, the man the man lives in Portland, Oregon, too. Used to live here oh, in Eugene. Man. Oh, nice. Gosh, yeah. we should hit, hit him up for I know. Uh, Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hit him up for an interview. For saying hello, um, yeah. Yeah. Come on, guys, get with but, it. Well, but, do you know him? I don't. I, no, I don't. I, mean, I just know of him. But I know he's done a lot of recent work on Wonder Woman in mm -hmm. the comics. Yeah, true. Um, I haven't caught up on that yet, but I would like to. Um, but the work that I've seen that he has done is, and he actually um, he did the um, the journey to the Force Awakens. He did uh, haunt the Han Solo adventure. Oh, that was that was Greg Rucka, or he at least illustrated it. Um, or did something for it. So, um, so he, he's been involved in a bunch of Star Wars stuff also. So, oh no, he was the author. Sorry. It was Phil Noto who was the illustrator. Okay. Um, there he's also, that makes more sense. Usually involved in the Star Wars comic. Um, and I, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, um, with Cobalt Squadron, that novel that's coming out in the lead up to The Last Jedi, he's illustrating and doing the cover for that book. So um, there's some continuity there. But anyway, yeah, so Greg Rucka did um, the Han Solo, the Han Solo book in the Journey to the Force Awakens. Nice. So. Well, if anybody listening knows him, invite him for us to join the podcast yeah. for an episode. Make an introduction. Yeah. Please. <laughs> we like Greg. 
Greg is a great guy. What about you, John Boy? What's your attack? Uh, it's a totally different kind of fandom. But um, football is back! Football! <laughs> oh, I'm so uh, happy. Football. Camps are open, uh, both for colleges and for the pros. Um, oh, I'm just super excited for football season. I love me some oh, football. Me too, dude. And, and I'm 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 ready to go. I'm ready to 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 have something that's going to really hold my attention from the end of summer clear until <laughs> December when the Last Jedi comes out, and then beyond. Oh dang! Yeah, and then beyond. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm just I'm super excited. I'm a huge football fan. Um, I love my Detroit Lions. Um, I'm a fan of the Michigan Wolverines. Woo, and go blue. Um, and as um, as uh, a member of the FM home of the Oregon Ducks, I do love duck football as well. And, <coughs> Go dogs! And I, I I know that my neighbor to the north um, thinks a little less of me as as a result. Um, <laughs> but that's all right. Um, you guys won last year, so there's your your one win for the decade. Yeah. What? Yeah. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, don't worry. Maybe, maybe we need to have a little bet for uh, UW. Oh, Oregon. we might as well. Um, you bet. Yeah, yeah. We might as well do. Maybe, that. maybe I'll say something nice about Yoda. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> doubtful. Doubtful that you'll okay. have to. <laughs> and just like that, uh, the yeah, gloves are so off, close. gang. Yeah. <laughs> just wait till we get a little well, bit closer. You know, you know my view on this stuff. Go random sports team because I have no idea what you guys are talking <laughs> okay, about. Okay, all right. <laughs> no, I just I, I I love football. I um uh, love fantasy football. I I did do a fantasy football radio show for one season and uh, had a great time mm. doing oh, cool. it. Um, I love all all aspects of football, and I'm super excited that uh, that here it is. It's right around the corner. We have. No more weekends left without football for the rest of the year, and I love that. Is your grandson into it? He loves football, but right now he's totally obsessed with baseball. That's all he wants nice. to do. He calls me Pa. Pa, hit that ball, Pa. Hit that ball. <laughs> Luta hit the ball. It's great. <laughs> great. Luca is just a, a baseball nut. We've been taking him to baseball games, and he's just absolutely obsessed. That's all he wants to do is play catch or pitch balls to you or try to bat balls. His record is 18 hits in a row, and the kid is two. Oh, wow. Wow. Pretty. I didn't say they're all quality hits, but uh, the kid has got some skills developing. That's for sure. You know what? That's 18 more in a row than I had, and I'm 25, <laughs> so props. <laughs> So yeah, my uh, my attack at the fandom though is football. Oh, yeah. go Lions! I'm getting, I'm getting excited too. It's gonna be good. Go Hawks! <laughs> Hawks bounced the Lions from the playoffs last year, so I'm still a little sore about that. Sorry. No, you're not. My bad. I'm well. I'm more of a. I'm more. I'm more of a college football. Sorry, fan not sorry. A, and I'm more sorry, of a, not sorry. I'm, yeah. I, I'm more of an NFL fan. So. Can meet in the middle. Meet in the middle. We'll meet in the middle. (laughs) 
You know what? <laughs> I, I, I do like football season uh, for the food. The food is very grilling, very cooking out a lot of nachos. Yeah, yeah. Football food is good food. (laughs) If anybody ever wants to come to the Seattle area and tailgate, my husband and I usually do have a big tailgate for a couple of Husky games every year. So, open invitation. Come find us in the E1 parking lot at Husky Stadium. (laughs) They'll be the ones wearing purple. That'll that'll be an entry for the for the giveaway. There we go. Yeah. That'll count. That'll count. <laughs> and an entry if you hashtag go lions. <laughs> what is our, our, our giveaway um question? So hmm, we've been talking a lot about soundtracks uh this episode, so it's either that or a football question. <laughs> Let's go uh, with the soundtrack question. Well, yeah. Soundtrack? Let's All keep right. it Star Wars related. So let's let's keep it simple. Uh who would you like to uh which composer would you like to, you know, dip their toe into the Star Wars universe? You know, and why? You know, what what's some of their work that uh that makes you think they'd be, you know, a good fit? You know, make this a, a mini attack of the fandom for us as far as soundtracks go. And uh yeah, just talk to us. We'll we'll read out some of the Cooler responses, some of the funner responses out there. Uh, yeah, so let's go with that. Sounds good. Can't wait to hear the answers. Uh, before we start formally wrapping up there, too, I just want to, as you guys probably noticed, we got a different sound this week. I <laughs> uh, just want to give a quick shout out to Husky by the Geek and Dim K, these awesome uh, musical artists. They have channels on YouTube, SoundCloud, Facebook. They didn't ask me to do this, but I'm just so grateful for their contribution to the podcast that, you know, you guys should totally check them out. On top of the cool Star Wars stuff they, they have on their channels, they also have a lot of other cool original pieces and covers for from other franchises. So I totally, totally uh, recommend uh, hitting them up. Just, you know, seeing what's up. Yeah, we we really appreciate having having their music as part of our intro, which sounds great, Adrian. Thank you for putting that together. Yeah, absolutely. Good job. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so until then, uh, you want to talk to us for the giveaway or just want to leave any comment? You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Force Fan Podcast. And you can find me specifically on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Blue Lab Pro. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Cat Ray. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at That John Fred and on Facebook at John K. Frederick. So again, let's make this an awesome couple of weeks for Fans of the Force podcast. Let's let's all geek out together. Until then, we are the Force. Can't wait to hear from you guys. May the Force be with you. Talk to you guys later. May the force be with you.